Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. It's time for the man who lives by Wayne Bennett's golden rule, stay out of jail. Well, has done so far. The man who doesn't need his own season launch. The man who doesn't sweep or vacuum, for that matter. The man who would only fly home mid-series if there was a free chicken snitty on the plane or in the Qantas Club. It is time for this man. He's the chief sports writer at the Sydney Morning Herald. It's Wednesdays with Andrew Webster. So that answers the question, what do I do before you get in? Wow. <laughs> I don't, I, don't, I don't feel worthy. I don't know if I'm going to be able to live up for the well, next hang half on. hour with, on, that, on that intro. Okay, so let's tick through them. Uh, stay out of jail. Always. Uh, yeah, mm. Mostly. Don't, oh, there's the, don't need your own season there's launch. A, there's a time in Rio there was there, a bit of an incident there, was that, there once. There was that, um, hey, but a lot of yeah, athletes yeah. did. <laughs> <laughs> yes. No season launch needed for you? No. No. I'm no, no pretense. Don't sweep or vacuum? Have you got one of those little? Well, I reckon you've got one of those little robot ba- vacuums. If, if I was if I was batting in the batting for Australia in the uh, second innings of the second test, I wouldn't sweep. What would it take it for seem you to, work. to fly home mid-series? Ooh, injury. Love, love is what it is. Good morning to you, mate. How's your week been? Good, good, good. I've uh, I've actually spent some time in Brisbane earlier this week uh, for Stan. Uh, Stan has an original series documentary on the Dolphins, and I went up to the uh, the launch on Monday at uh, at uh, Palace Cinemas in Brisbane. It was it, it's a, I only saw the first one, but it's um it's pretty fascinating. How many? And it, it was it was weird because it was the day after that that big trial loss to um to the Titans. Mm. The coach wasn't in a particularly good mood. Right. He but- bought, I knew I knew it was going to be I knew it was going to be tense when he like circumnavigated the the room and and brush the the red carpet. Oh, okay. Mm. Yeah, yeah not happy. Then again, that's not a bad thing to do. You know, there's there's two ways. The coach. There's two ways of turning up. You can turn up and be put yourself in the spotlight, or you can. I, where I was just strutted. Do the squirrel. Down. You would have gone straight no, down I to didn't. the photo I wall. I did not. I was actually right straight to your Instagram. No, I was right there. Did you learn? We're mm-hmm. going to talk about this in a little bit of detail, but. Did you learn anything? You obviously learned something about the Dolphins. I don't know if there's anything more for you to learn in particular of Wayne Bennett, but what, what was your main takeaway from what you saw in that episode one? Well, if the, firstly, it sh- I wrote about this in the Herald earlier in the week. It sh- at least showed um, his sense of humour. He's got a very dry sense of humour, Bennett. He, the, the man that you see publicly is very much at odds with the, the, the person that and the coach that people see privately. Um, so you get to see a bit of that. But also just... Some of the argy bargy between managers Peter O'Sullivan, the recruitment manager, and Bennett uh, and Terry Reid, the CEO, I found that really interesting too. Just how how tricky it's been to try and get this squad together, mm. um, and I, I don't think it's the worst squad. I'm sort of I didn't think they were, they were wooden spoon favourites at all, and then th- the way that they leaked those tries early against the Titans, it's obviously going to be a pretty tough season for them. All right, we'll cover that in detail as we move through this Wednesday morning. Also on the table for us to discuss, Webby Mitchell Moses set to re-sign with the Parramatta Eels. I've got a few questions around that one. Obviously, 
they've got their man and he's got his deal and that's going to work for both of them. I, I, I wonder about the what if. What if they didn't get their man and what was their plan B? Because when you look around, with all due respect, there's not too many Mitchell Moses kind of style halfbacks available. So mm. how did Parramatta get themselves to that position or were they just banking on their man? The NRL season launch has been cancelled due to the CBA standoff or the position that they're in at the moment. We will pose the biggest question of that. Does it matter? Does it really matter? Because really in the scheme of things in 2023, I wonder whether their season launch is worth it these days. Drama at your Dragons. Could Anthony Griffin be under pressure? I think the answer to that is yes. But who is the best person to replace him? We will touch more on the dawn of the Dolphins. Australian cricket. I'm interested in your thoughts on this. So, um, I went through the facts of the matter of those heading home, and I think that that was blown out of all proportion. But I think we can focus now on David Warner. Adam Collins, our SEN commentator, had some pretty interesting things to say to the Brecky show this morning. So we'll replay you that and also pose a couple of questions. If this is – we know that this is the back end of David Warner's test career. The real question is when. And Adam Collins posed to Smokey this morning that I hadn't thought about, and we'll touch on that – and it's not the ashes. So we'll dig into those. So let's start at the top, Webby. Mitchell Moses, $1.2 million is the deal. Places him in the absolute upper echelons. Term, essentially unknown. Let's call him an eel for life. Value for money first up? Well, it's got to get done first. <clears throat> I think um, the Herald went today with the story saying that it's set to happen. I spoke to Parramatta this morning. They uh, <coughs> are adamant that they haven't been told anything from his management. But... <clears throat> It seems like the longer it went, the less likely I reckon it was that he was going to go. Um, I know that he wants to get it done and dusted before round one. That's only a week away. He's got media next week. He'll probably be very keen to to make sure it's uh, sorted before he gets all those questions about what the hell he's doing with his career. It's good. It's a good chunk of change, isn't it? One yeah. point, one point two five. Someone was trying to tell me. Uh, yesterday that it was the, the Tigers deal offer was around 1.4, which to me, it, it, it is a halfbacks market and becoming more so. I think that you just talk about plan B. I don't know if they really had that much of a plan B in mind, Parramatta. I think they were adamant they had to get him. And I think they wouldn't have, they obviously would have shown, wouldn't have shown their hand, but there is a real halfback, lack of halfbacks or lack of halves out there, full stop. The only other one really was Burton. When you think about it, mm. and and he got stitched up, done. he got he got stitched up at the dogs. So um, there wasn't a, like in terms of the, one of those cl- class halves coming on the market. There wasn't many. It's I think it's the right move for him. I really do. I I, I love the the revolution that's going on at uh, the Tigers. I hope it works. We won't we won't we won't know obviously until things get underway uh, this season, but. I just think for Mitchell, he's entrenched there. He's gone this far with them. It's almost like Parramatta and him have come so far with one another that they've got to make it they've work. They've got to see it through. They've got to see it through. You know, and that's that's the big question for the rest of his career. But he's a quality player. I know he has his critics, but he showed he showed in the the towards the back end of last season his his worth. I don't know if he's a one point four. One point four. That's what that's well, what, that, that places you. But that's what the marquees are going to start getting. That's right, and that places you at the moment above Nathan Cleary, um, above say a Tom Trebojevic. Mm. I mean, above the highest earners in the game. 
I, I'm with you. Good on him for getting this deal. Absolutely. And I think it's the deal that probably needed to happen at the end of all of this. He has the option in his favour for next year, and that expires on April the 1st. So yeah. there is, if there is a, 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 a countdown towards this for a time and date, April 1 is really the last day that they can do anything about it. But I tend to think um, along your lines of thinking that, you know, you're going to get this done before round one starts and you tie it up and it's done and dusted because it is, regardless of how much it becomes media fodder, it is a bit of a pain in the neck. You know, it is a tool, it is something of a distraction for a player. And think of, you know, take away the money factor. Think of any time you make a decision about your life, about your career, about your job, it keeps you up at night. There's no question about it. So for him to get this... And trying to play football. Trying to play football with all the other outside noise, for him to get this done is is worthy. So one of the listeners this morning raised a really good point, I think. Value for money players. Value for money players. And you're spot on. It's a halfbacks market, and that's going to be big money coming at them. Is 1.25 million value for money for Mitchell Moses? Well, it probably will be in this market, and it probably is. But value for money players is a really interesting one that we'll touch on. But you mentioned the halfbacks off contract at the end of 2023. So this is the list. Daniel Atkinson, Bailey Biondiodo, Jake Burke, Luke Brooks, Adam Clune, Jake Cogger, Tom Duffy, Kyle Flanagan, Dean Hawkins, Cody Hunter, Drew Hutchison, Cooper Johns, Sean Johnson, Brad Schneider, Blake Taff, and Brandon Wakeham. That's the current list of those off contract at the end of this season. So that leads me to the what if question. If Parramatta turn around and Mitchell Moses goes, I'm off. Thanks very much. I'm going to the West Tigers. What's their plan B? Don't have one. Jake Arthur. Well, yeah. Probably. And and who's to say that's not going to work? I dare say that that's what they probably would have looked at. But I mean, I, th- I, think, I think clubs are happy these days, as I said, because it's such a halves market, just to have one quality half. So that, but that, you know, with Dylan Brown, who really showed last season the type of player that he's going to, yeah. uh, you know, develop into. You know, at least they have, at least they have a, a qual- they've got some star value <clears throat> in the halves there. But they, that's why if they keep Moses, as we think, it's you know, it's a pretty formidable um, halves pairing, isn't it? Mm. But that's you look at that list there. No disrespect to those players, but they, they are, none of them are marquee players, and that includes obviously Luke Brooks. Um, given where he's at in his career, so mm. yeah, it's a, it's um, it's a good. T- we're in the wrong. We're in the wrong. We're in the wrong. Game. <laughs> I knew I should have been. Wrong... A, you know what? I always knew I should have been a halfback. Yeah, yeah, I was, but not clearly not good <laughs> enough. We're in the <laughs> we're in the wrong position. I, I was a good sledger. Uh, I guess my question around that is, and I've never played that money ball game. I've never sat in that recruitment office. So this is coming from the outside looking in. I've never done the spreadsheet. But if you're the Eels, are you potentially exposing yourself to the position where? you get to be the last man standing in the room looking for the last available big name, big money uh, halfback out there. I know, but, I, you know, they can't really determine what what's going on with the rest of the market in terms of who's available and who's not. It just worked out that way. Yeah, but you isn't know? that your job? Isn't that part of the job well, of the modern the modern recruitment agent to go, well, okay, let's have a look and see how we try and marry up this. If, if Mitchell Moses is coming off by April 1, mm. we've got to make sure that at least if he's not going to be there, there's somebody else available in that period. But it's hard. Period. But if it's that, that's what I mean. There's, like, there's, there's probably 12. I was talking to Bennett about this um, last week for before the Dolphins, and he said, and about them trying to, to put that squad together. And he said, how many marquee players, genuine marquees, you reckon, are out there? 10 to 12? It's 17 teams. 
Yeah. Like it's just they're hard to get. Let yep. alone get two of them in your in your in your halves. So if Parramatta get Moses as they as they say that that ha- they have to be applauded and 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 given the increase in the cap to to twelve point one or whatever it is a year one point two of that on your on your um on your halfback and capped co captain is not that bad yeah so oh, he, he's not co captain is he yeah. no he's not no. But I, well, I, I look. Leadership I think, group, same thing. <laughs> I think you're right. I think they have to be applauded. This is the deal that they wanted clearly to do. They wanted to keep <clears throat> Mitchell Moses, and it looks by all reports as though they're going to keep him. Mitchell Moses obviously was in a good position, and he's played it well, and he's got a good deal, and he's at the club that he wants to stay at. So, I, I think all round the, the he's questions, unders. the questions, he's taken unders. <laughs> the questions that we pose are all what ifs, but they're interesting ones. But at the end of the day, the Eels appear to have got their man. The NRL season launches. You mentioned the CBA and the salary cap. All that's. I get the feeling it's being. It's getting closer and closer and closer because all of a sudden PVL jumped into those negotiations. You might have. You might have different. Oh, I, you know what? You can almost see it from about. Yep. Let's say two furlongs back and a few more. The P, the the great PVL is going to swoop in and save the day and get yep. it done. Which sort of begs the question, maybe you should have jumped in earlier. No, where's the drama in that? It's February. Where's the drama in that? Oh, God. You know what allows them to do? What? Save a bunch you, of cash on having a launch. Do you think CB... I, this, is what I, I, this is my theory on it. That they thought things were so toxic with the RLPA, with CBA negotiations, that they went, there's no way this season launch is happening. And then things have improved in the last couple of weeks and it's too... They've run out of time. Whoops. <laughs> oh, Oh, how are we going to do that? Let's get some Jatson dip, um, <laughs> a case of, of Coke Zero, and put it on a table. That'll do. Here's my broader question to our listeners. Does it matter to you that the NRL are not going to have a season launch? I used to love the season launch. I did, back in the day. For? It's like that. It was like the, the, the start. It's like, a, it was like the Dunning M's in many respects, mm. except for the... Except for the... Uh, the the tuxedos. Right, the medals, I was going to say. But I Seven mean, for the, the, medals, yeah. for the oh, general... No, no one wins anything. For the general punter, does it really matter these days? But do you, where's the marketing campaign been around this, this the start of this season? Well, I'll tell you who is having a launch today, Fox League. I know, but they're the broadcasters. That's right. But, the, the, but if it wasn't for the broadcasters promoting their coverage of the game, you tell me where the, the NRL's promoted their the start of their season in a week, mm. a week tomorrow. I think that's pretty ordinary. Is that a different question to a season launch, though? Because I actually well, think it's, that it's all part of it. You got to, you got to mark. But the thing with the season launch is that it used to, it used to. Remember, JT you kicked a kicked a ball off the top of one of the buildings in Sydney. Yeah, into that sort of. Remember that? Yeah. So here's what I'd be doing. I mean, you I know want a clubs. Grove. You got to clubs like, have their own season launches. Manly are doing theirs today. Like I said, Fox League will be doing theirs today. That'll be all bells and whistles. Players will be there. Everything will be covered. There'll be marketing campaigns and all that kind of stuff. If you're the NRL... The players will be there. The players that will be at the Fox Sports Are, are those that are being paid. Yes. But they'll be there. I mean, that, that, that's what you've got to do these days. You've got to pay them. <laughs> that's the thing. I, I've seen a, a genuine shift, and I'll give you the motorsport example. Formula One used to do season launches all the time, and it was individual teams. They would fly a bunch of journos over to Barcelona, for instance. Now you're, you're talking. You're also, yeah, exactly. Don't worry. I live Let's the dream. Let's get that going. And you'd all stand around, you'd take your photos, you interview your, pl- your drivers, and then off you go. And then the world changed, and they realised they could do that online. So they saved a hell of a lot of cost. They got the same outcome in terms of their marketing and their push online. 
you can still get all the images, you can still get all the photos, you can still get the video, you get your grabs from your drivers and your sexy photos of your drivers that you want to whack on Instagram and away you go. So I've got the feeling that that's, this is the last time. I, I don't think we'll see another season launch proper going forward. Do you think it's the end of the season launch, Webby? I hope not. <clears throat> I hope not. <laughs> Just that. No, I don't. <laughs> I want to... Well, I want to go to them. <laughs> well, let's see. This is the thing. You want, I want to go free... there, get full of drink, try and not get in an argument with someone. You want your free chicken Try smitty. not to have a verbal argument. 0457 736 736 is the text line on 1300 01 1170. Have uh, the Parramatta Eels got their man? Did they get value for money with Mitchell Moses? Congratulations to them if the deal is done. Does it matter to you that the season launch won't go ahead this season? We'll touch on the Dragons, a bit more on the dawn of the Dolphins. And the Australian cricket woes, where are they at at the moment? And what happens next with David Warner's career? Back after this, Wednesdays with Webby. Yeah, one three hundred oh one eleven seventy is the open line number. Wednesdays with Webby. So still got quite a few issues on the table that we need to get through. But first, let's get to your calls. Trevor is on the line from Rouse Hill about the Tigers. Go ahead, Trevor. Yeah, g'day, guys. Would it be fair to say that the Tigers utilise... Luke Brooks to try to bait Mitch over to him, and that they haven't got their man. Would could you see the Tigers now shop Luke Brooks around because they don't, they won't need him at all now? Uh, I think they'll. What's he offer at the end of this? End of next? Is it? End of this year. End of this. I don't think they'll shop him. They'll they'll, they'll need him this year. I think the problem for the Tigers, like I've talked to Tim Sheens about, <clears throat> he's very excited about the Tigers' future. But he keeps saying it's a very, very long game because the juniors coming through in their system are really impressive. They think there's a couple of young halves there too that he's that he's keen on. They shouldn't let Jock Madden go, should they? Mm. That's that's the problem. So you're thinking, Trevor, that that now's the time for the Tigers to start looking to offload Luke Brooks. Is that what you're saying? Well, yeah, I reckon because there was always writing on the wall they wanted to get rid of Brooks for the last couple of years. But now and they said, well, we're going to keep Luke Brooks. And obviously his friendship with, with Mitchell will try to utilise that. I'm sort of, you know, looking mm. outside the, the square here and saying, well, we don't need, we don't need Luke anymore. Why not, why not offload him now? Well, well, sometimes, mate, I reckon you look at it. I mean, my initial thought was the opposite to that. My initial thought was, hang on a second, now they need Luke Brooks because yeah. they haven't got Mitchell Moses. And that's the way it works. I mean, Webby, tell me if I'm wrong, but, you know, sometimes you're a... You're a halfback at a club. You know that they're going to try and get another halfback at a club. It doesn't happen for whatever reason. You're still the halfback at, at the club. And they've been so um, so public in their support of Luke because he's been linked to Newcastle for two yes. years in a row. Yeah. And they try to say that there was nothing in it at all. Well, that's just rubbish. You know, I, I know for a fact that Brooks was very close to going there. I know that they, the Knights were very keen on getting him. Um, but... <clears throat> It would change with the Knights. It'd go from one week, yeah, he's coming, it's just about to be done, to no, no it's all off the table. So I just don't think they could get the numbers to work completely um, with him going there. But, again, it's the big – it's it's a halves market. So if if he – if you if you, well, if you get rid of – if not Luke Brooks, then who? Then who, yeah. That's the problem. And, and they've got, like you say, but they've got the plenty issue. coming through, but that's a couple of years away. And Brooks is there until at least the end of – 2023. Hey, Trevor, are you worried that there's going to be no official NRL season launch? Nah, it doesn't really worry me, to be honest. <laughs> I don't, I don't, yeah, last one, last one I think I really remember is what, 
JT kicked the ball off centre point tower. Like, you know, the last one I remember. That was it. Was you, that it's hard to top that, isn't it? Part. It's hard to top that. Yeah. 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 That's the last one I remember, so yeah, there you go. All right, good on you, mate. Appreciate that call. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. Yeah, I mean, look, that this these things happen all the time, don't they? Sometimes your position's under threat by somebody who might be coming to the club. Sometimes that happens and sometimes it doesn't. And then it's probably the reaction to that. What I mean, I can't imagine Luke Brooks has been sitting around half training because he thinks that Mitchell Moses might turn up next year. I would imagine that Luke Brooks would be out there training just as hard as he does every single week, whether or not his future's secured for the year after or not. I mean, 100%. that'd be that'd be my read on it. And then perhaps it works the other way, that it galvanises you into that position. Okay, for whatever reason, I'm meant to be here this year and next, possibly after it. So I'm diving all in. And that'd be the message from Sheens and Benji and everyone at the Tigers. At the very least, his, his next contract, wherever it is. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the NRL season launch, it has got you thinking this morning. I uh, couldn't care about the season launch, says Stu. Players come out with generic responses, and it's only for the media and the elite. Uh, <laughs> what about the elite media? Why did I look at you then? <laughs> elite media. There you go. Please. You put it straight into that. Keep those thoughts coming. So what's going on at the Dragons? We'll touch on that. A little insight into the dawn of the Dolphins documentary and Webby's thoughts about the Australian cricket woes. Uh, here's the news with Vanessa. Thank you, Vanessa. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. that open line. If you'd like to call, Webby is with us for the next 15 Minutes, uh, and then you get back to your real job. Oh, sorry, your day job. Uh, the Dragons, <laughs> the Dragons, my friend. So we posed at the very top here about Anthony Griffin under pressure. Yes, I think that's that's an answer. Have you ever been to the Winning Post Motel in Mudgee? No. Hmm. The scene of the 6am scuffle. Was it? No, it was, was a it? verbal argument. Yes, a minor scuffle. It was a verbal argument. Yeah. Last time I looked, most arguments were verbal. verbal. What were they just doing like, what's a, what's a non-verbal argument? One that you can't hear. <laughs> okay, yeah. This is the sound of a non-verbal argument. Ready? That's it. That's it. <laughs> Look, it's not the worst crime in no the world. Way. It's not, you know, the rest of the squad behaved well. Um, they were in bed by 2, 2 a.m. I'm more, I'm more worried about how they played, to be honest. Yeah. The, the, the way they played in that charity shield was diabolical. In terms of the, the fight, no, they've been fined, no suspension, which I don't think it should have been. But it's just these things for a losing football team look far worse than they really are. But as I said, I, I thought the most the, – the telling uh, comment of the whole weekend for me was when on Fox Sports, uh, the, the, the halftime report – Coming out of the dragon sheds was from Anthony Griffin telling his players, "You don't want it enough. You don't you don't want it anywhere near as much as they do." It's February. Mm. If they're not wanting it in February, how the hell are they going to want it in? And it's a charity September? shield. I know, but they should at least be. You know that that's not not the sign you want in your last trial match. Um, but Anthony Griffin surely has to ask if they're not if they don't want it more than why. Now, why is that the case? Mm. So I just think it's been endemic in the poor old Dragons for the last couple of years. Even his uh, his greatest supporters seem to think that you know he, he'll be possibly the first coach sacked. Then, then again, the last two seasons, Anthony Griffin has started with this spectre about his his uh, his position, and and they've started quite well. The problem is after Origin, they just seem to to fade away. 
but but they've started the last couple of seasons quite well. But I don't think that was a particularly good sign out of the charity shield. I was really concerned about Tyrell Sloan um, in tears because of like to me that just shows you how much pressure is on that kid. And also, I feel I feel I do empathise for for Anthony Griffin in a lot of respects. Like he, he just through virtue of of Ramsey's injury and and what's come through, he's gonna have to, you know, he's gonna have to persist with that twenty year old who was still so emotionally fragile after a tra- charity shield loss, mm. and the season hasn't even started. So I, I think that's a really worrying sign. Obviously they lost Amon indefinitely as he faces those police charges. So he's had to deal with a hell of a lot more than most other coaches going into the season. The question is, if not Anthony Griffin, then who? who? So what's the answer? I know for a fact there is um, there is interest at a board level in Jason Riles, who has who has been an assistant coach to Craig Bellamy, an assistant coach to Eddie Jones, and an assistant coach to Trent Robinson. He's been doing it for ten years. He's ripe for the job. He has been linked to the Melbourne job if it came up, uh, and de- depending on what Craig Bellamy does, I don't know if he'd be. <sighs> I don't know if he'd be if he'd have the uh, have the fortitude to um, to go to the Dragons in their current state because it's a big big job to to rebuild them. But Wollongong Junior played a lot of football there. Was a, a proud Dragons uh, a player for a lot of years. He'd he'd be great. There's a real big rap on him. I think he's more like a Craig Fitzgibbon than an Adam, Adam O'Brien. Um, I think he's been really sitting there waiting and. Waiting and, and eyeing off um, the best positions that are that are, g- are going to come up. So I, I reckon Rolsey wouldn't be the worst decision. If not, I know there's other support for maybe a Hornby slash Dean Young combination because they've both been, again, Premiership winning players at the club mm. and 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 more of a, a link to to the the current success that they had ten years ago. Obviously, when they won the comp. Um, so there's yeah that that's an option as well. But other than that, what do you do? You'd have to go through uh, you'd have to go through you know various well I, I, various you know I, recycled coaches. On well, the you know market. what I want to ask you. So remember last year when the when the coaches dis, uh, discussion came up, and it's going to come up again, and it will probably come up for Anthony Griffin, right? So there was always the go tos at, at the start of the season. Those that didn't have a job, those that were in the frame. Shane Flanagan. Anthony Seabold wasn't really discussed. Um, Cameron Serraldo, we didn't know his position. We didn't know Andrew Webster's position. So there were the, the the obvious names just kept coming back and back and back. They're all locked in, essentially. I mean, Flanagan's got an assistant job now. Seabold's got a head coaching job. Webster's got a head coaching job. Serraldo's got a head coaching job. So regardless of who we'll be talking about to lose their job, because that's just, you know, the, the, the endless fodder that'll start, what's the list this year? What's the go-to list this year? Riles is on that list for sure. Mm. Is Des Hasler on that list? Are you talking about the Dragons or just across I'm just the talking board? about across the board. Oh, Hasler for sure. Because every time a job came up last year, there was four or five go-tos, wasn't yeah. there? Yeah. Remember we had the position vacant sign swinging at three clubs for a while there? We spoke about that last year yeah, and then yeah. the job started to get filled. So next time we have the discussion of who's going, whose coach is on the line, who will be on that list? Riles, Hasler, Hasler. I mean, do you put Shane Flanagan there because yeah, you do. he's certainly in that position where Manly they know if he gets a job he's moving on. Yep. 
So, Flanagan, do we have any other obvious choices that we're that we're missing out on? I think uh, I think Young and Hornby would be perfect. For, I think they yep. they uh, they'd be good for for the Dragons. I think they they see that as an option. Some do at the club. Yep. The, Walker, the that, Walker Brothers. The Walker Brothers, as always. <laughs> they always jump up. It's an interesting one. So if you've got that uh, in your head, let us know. Not so much coach under pressure, but when we just start to discuss those coaches who could possibly start to take jobs if they become available, what's the list for 2023? Very different to what it was at the start of 2022. All right, the dawn of the Dolphins. So you're up there, and I love Wayne Bennett's quotes. Um, I've got two rules. Rule one, don't be late because all you're doing is saying you're more important than the rest of us. That's a really good rule to say to a group. The second is stay out of jail. But then he said, sometimes I'll be flexible on that one if I need you in the game. Which He's cracking is, jokes. Which is, yep, da, 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 da. He's Jerry, the Jerry Seinfeld of, uh, <laughs> of rugby league. So the dawn of the Dolphins, it, do you think it's a, it's a little bit of a gamble to give us so much of an insight before they get going? Or do you think it's a wise move to open up this club probably more than what we expected? I didn't know they were doing it. Terry Reader, the CEO, agreed, agreed to it before even signing Bennett. Um, he thought it was important to try, and there was actually a lot of interest. I, I get, it's a good, it's a good idea. So it sort of charts the the club from October twenty twenty one after they got the bid, all the way through to the first just before oh, this last trial, basically. Yeah. Um. It's it's he the, uh, Nick Piper, the producer, still editing the last couple of um the last couple of episodes. Did they give any insight into? How they just went for dolphins, not Redcliffe dolphins. Yes, they do. They do. Great. Mm. There's a bit more, bit more sort of on why that's the case. Yep. Which I get. It was like yeah, the Redcliffe because the Redcliffe dolphins are the the Queensland Cup team. Yeah. <clears throat> I don't. What, what else would you have called it? North Brisbane. I, I was fine for it. We were on air when that came through, and that was one of the first things that I posed because the official press release came out, and there was no mention of Redcliffe in it. And I remember Tommy and I discussed on air. I went, hang on a second. It appears to me as though they're just going the Dolphins. The Dolphins. Which is... The Finns. The Finns, which is going to happen. They like calling themselves the Finns. Do they? Yeah. Really? Yes. Okay. Well, it's that's all thing. right. Um, it's a thing. Look, I I, I was... Um, it was being at that premiere on, uh, on Monday. I have to say, when the whole squad, they all walked in in their Dolphins blazers... And it was just you, you understood just there by looking at them all in totality, just the lack of depth in the club. Like there's a lot of fresh young faces there. There's a couple of standout marquees with the with the Bromwiches and uh, Felice Capusi, who was the first signing. It's Bennett doesn't it doesn't seem to be panicked at all by it. I have to say he seems to me to be a little bit anxious. The more I talk to him in the last sort of few weeks. But if you talk to him about it, he's, you know, he he he's not um, he's not panicking about uh, the roster, and it's it's interesting in the uh, in the documentary. Peter O'Sullivan, their recruitment manager, says that how important it is to get it right. And if you talk to all these sort of general managers of football now, or, or recruitment people, or whoever's looking after the salary cap in clubs, if you get it wrong, it's a it's a five to ten year. Turnaround. Yeah. So you, you, as Sully said in the doco, it's like you really pay for your mistakes. Um, so I don't think that, that, you know, but they went after, you forget how many marquees they actually went after. Yeah. 
How yeah. many big players they were? I mean, Pe- do you remember when Brandon Smith was walking around in there and coming out of the club and, and saying, oh, no, I've just been playing in the pokies. And we thought, well, hang on a second. All this is and, – and, and it was a parade of big names. There's no question about it. If I think about something that we spoke about earlier about the NRL season launch and does it really matter? And you, you'll quite rightly point out, is where's the ad campaign? It belongs in the broadcaster's world, but the game has a duty to push itself – I think one of the biggest missed stories coming into this season in terms of a push, because remember the excitement when the Raiders came in and the Steelers came in? It's the Mm. same year, wasn't it? 82? Yeah. Remember that. There was something really genuinely sort of uh, fascinating about that. We don't know what this team's going to deliver. We don't know what they're bringing in Canberra. What does that mean? Hang on a second. The Steelers are now representing Wollongong. This is fantastic. Mm. There was a big push no matter where you were in the league. And it's kind of like the Dolphins have been left out there to do this themselves. And it's almost like most people, because of Bennett, because of the fact that they've missed out on players, are going, oh, they're just going to fail. Mm. I think it's incumbent on the league to build that story. And I think they could have definitely built that story better leading in to this season. The Dolphins have had to do it themselves. So we'll check out that. Dawn of the Dolphins or Dawn of the Finns, as we now know. So Can you do a – Maestro, can you do a uh... – Dolphin noise? Uh, <laughs> I thought you were going to do a movie scene. <laughs> give us a flipper. Give us a flipper. Just finally, your final comments on the Australian cricket woes. So the question around David Warner is an interesting one. Sure, got to come back. I've got no problems with all that. That's the way it's going to happen. The first Ashes test is on June 16. The World Championship final, which Australia will more than likely be in. Oh, I don't know about is that. The we- well, Sri Lanka would have to beat, even if it goes completely pear-shaped, Sri Lanka would have to beat New Zealand 2 nothing for Australia not to be there. Is so, that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So essentially, Australia will be there, should be there, the week before. And Adam Collins posed, which I'll play a bit later, but Adam Collins did pose a really good um, point that perhaps if David Warner is going to call it quits at the, you know, his test career, call it quits, the World Championship final could be the spot to do it and then not have to go in through to the ashes. Through the ashes? Through to the ashes. That's going to be hard being in in the in England and not and playing in that. This is why I want your, your thoughts. No, I'd give him the ashes. You'd give him the ashes? Well, I, I tell you what, it's either now, you either pull the, you either rip the Band-Aid off now and that's it for him. Which would be no shame, and just and players like come and go because of injuries all the time, um, or I think he either plays in all all of it in England or none. So go for the whole lot, yeah, or don't go at all, yeah. All right, but and if they tell me who's the, well, who's the better option? Well, at the moment, I mean, Travis Head will end up opening. Mm. Um, so you, With Usman. you know, there are there are options there, and that's that's probably what'll end up uh, happening. It's just the future. Down there, it was something that popped up, and and Colo made a really good point of it. He said that's the halfway house mm. for somebody like Dave Warner to step off, or Cricket Australia to tap him on the shoulder, and not a bad halfway house to do it. Assuming they're there in the final. Nice work, Webby. We'll speak to you next week. Thanks, Matt.